0: she was on I was riding on the outside and I thought she was behind me on the right (laughs) but as we were coming down the hill I like moved across (laughs) into the gutter on the left and she was like on the inside of my wheel and (laughs) she just went down into the ditch and she was so mad she was so mad we didn't speak all the way home and
1: Legends Legends, welcome back to the Press Ring Podcast presented by Zwift, Episode 8. And today's guest, we are with Georgia Baker from Team Bike Exchange Jaco, fresh off the Commonwealth Games where she just won three gold medals, one in the points, one in the team's pursuit, and of course, on the road, winning the women's road race in the sprint. So good. Really excited to have Georgia on this week, and um, yeah, a lot to learn about uh, Georgia and how she... Um, navigated her her road season this year with the track as well. Um, We hear about the Commonwealth Games, we hear about how she went from the Aussie summer, you know, having a great year, and then stepping straight into Europe and uh, instantly um, super competitive up the front and taking a few wins this season as well. So really cool. And um, we get into the question and answers as well. A few of the questions from the fans, legends, and thanks to everyone that uh, sent them in. And, yes, we will find out who is faster in a, um, in a little bunch kick between Georgia and Plappy, but uh, that's at the end. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a ripping nip. But before we do, big shout-out to Zwift, the title sponsor of the Press Room Potty. Um, they've got the Zwift Academy is starting up. Now, the Zwift Academy is probably... The best, I think it's the best campaign that Zwift do um, each year. The workouts are super difficult. Um, Just trying to finish them all is actually a decent challenge in itself. And uh, you can see if you improve your numbers as well, because I think there's a pre and a post-test. And if your numbers are any good and any decent, you might even uh, get through the rounds and make it to the Zwift Academy finals. So uh, we'll definitely be checking in with the finalists this year, like we did last year. But yeah, and also this episode, I have to say, on a slightly somber note, this episode is actually dedicated to a young girl from WA. Her name is Jasmine. Now, Jasmine's 14, okay, and she, late last year in September, she was uh, one of the talent ID prospects that the um, Western Australian Institute of Sport um, uncovered. Uh, just a gun in all sports, uh, surf club, netball, swimming. And she got picked up for the TID program and she was instantly a weapon on the track. Um, and of course on the road as well. And she went to her first nationals within six months of getting on a bike. She went to nationals uh, over in uh, Queensland at the Anamirs and she won gold in the scratch. So she was under 15 national scratch race champion. And she picked up silver and bronze in all the other events as well. So an absolute gun. And, uh, you know, tragically she was riding her mountain bike earlier this year in June and um, had a crash and um, has a spinal injury. It's shocking, it's so sad and, and there's a, um, you might have heard about it already, uh, it's, it's, they've got a GoFundMe page called A Million Dreams of Jazz and she's just a weapon, you know, a weapon of a, of a human and she's doing really well and it's really cool to see the, the cycling community from all around the world get behind her. Um, Jai Hindley's donated one of his Giro uh, jerseys um, to to raise money, and and all the pro cyclists are getting on board. Um, all the women have been posting videos of support to her, which has been so cool. Um, Erska was there, of course. Um, she got Pog on, and just really nice to see everyone rally behind this young girl. She, um, you know, has a has a a big challenge ahead of her. So. Um, This episode, dedicated to Jasmine. I know she's a huge fan of Georgia, so um, maybe this episode, if she listens to, um, you know, give her something nice to listen to while she's doing her recovery. So, all right, legends, it's time to get stuck into the episode, Georgia Baker, episode eight. I hope you enjoy this one, and I'll see you on the other side. I don't think anyone's ever tuned in boat
0: before yeah that's why i'm a okay. little bit late because i've been trying to like set up a location on a boat which is a little bit difficult
1: yes okay well that's all right we'll forgive you are you are you docked or are you out on the water
0: no we're docked yeah we just um i've got some family my mum, my sister are over and so we actually hired it's an airbnb so we just stayed here last night um and they go back to australia on tuesday so we just thought we'd do something different and spend a nice a da- uh, night down on the coast. So
1: that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, people can't. People can't see this. Maybe it was a put on YouTube, but it's actually a super yacht, from what I can see. Like one of those real. It is. Greg it's Norman a
0: massive catamaran. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's massive. It's huge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, see, it must be really nice to like see your family and have a bit of downtime after a big like event, like Com Games, eh?
0: Oh, yeah, it was so good. They came and watched the road race um, and, yeah, it was really nice. They were going to come for the whole time, like for the whole two weeks, but then um, my sister and my mum only get a certain amount of time off work. So mm-hmm. I thought just come for the back half and then we can at least spend some time together. And I had a few days off as well after commies. So we went to Mallorca um, and, yeah, just be able to spend some quality time, which I don't usually get to do when they're in mm-hmm. Australia. Yeah, so it's been, it's been really nice.
1: Nice. How old is your sister?
0: Yeah, um, my sister is oh gosh, 24. No, 25. Oh, oh, no, twenty four.
1: No, twenty
0: five. Oh, twenty five. She just turned twenty five. Yeah. Okay. Do, is, um. Yeah, I always think well? that she's three years younger than me. So she. No, no. I probably am to blame for that though. Actually, I. Yeah, it's, uh, I can explain the story if you want.
1: Yeah, give us give us a bit. This is it.
0: Okay, um, yeah, well, it. so we started, like, my sister's always been really good at sport as well, and um, I was, yeah, I'm probably the one to blame. I took her for a ride um, in Perth, just a little town we live in, in Tasmania, and we had this, like, really old bike, and I was like, come on, Phoebe, you'll be fine, like, you'll be really good, and um, I just got her on this old bike, And we went around and just cut some laps of Perth. And we went up the one hill that Perth has. It's like not even that bad. It's like you wouldn't even class as a hill. It's probably, yeah, 300 metres long. And I was like, oh, she's huffing and puffing a lot. She was pretty fit. Like she played a lot of sport. I was like, oh, oh well, that's okay. And we kept going. And then I thought she was, on. I was riding on the outside. And I thought she was behind me on the right. But as we were coming down the hill, I like moved across (laughs) into the gutter on the left and she was like on the inside of my wheel and (laughs) she just went down into the ditch and she was so mad. She was so mad. We didn't speak all the way home. And then when we got home, my dad was there and he's like, oh, did you pump up the tires of that bike, Georgia? And I was like, Oh, no, I didn't. So no wonder she was struggling. There was about 10 PSI in each of the tyres and I crashed her as well. So <laughs> she had no chance and she was probably going to be better than me, to be honest. She did look naturally really good and she's really yeah, powerful yeah. and like strong. and strong. So I had to get rid of my competition.
1: Yeah, there's nothing like putting your family members in the gutter. I mean, it's what we all aspire to do. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, oh, I haven't cool. lived that one down, to be honest. Yeah. yeah.
1: So is that where you're from? You're from Perth, Tasmania.
0: Yeah, Perth, Tasmania.
1: Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's a Amazing. small little
0: town, really close to Launceston, the Launceston airport.
1: Mm. When you said Perth, I was like, my yeah. he's pricked up. I was like, well, she's from WA. That's not in my notes. But uh,
0: <laughs> No, no, no. Go. Yeah, a lot of people get it confused, to be honest. A lot of people mm. say I'm from WA because it's, yeah. Mm.
1: Okay. Well, um, Georgia, you must be pretty stoked with yourself after your commonwealth games (laughs) now gold in the tp that's amazing but you've been world champion tp before as well but gold's great gold in the points gold in the road race which of the three were you most proud of
0: oh that's a really hard question um i think i can't i really find it hard i've been asked that question once before as well and i find it hard to like define one of them because I think each individual each one had its, its like special moment and mm. um, I think with the team's pursuit it was like extra special because it was such a new team and mm. you know I'd only ever raced with Maeve in the team's pursuit before and um, the other girls I just I hadn't lined up in a team's pursuit or raced with them and I had two weeks of training beforehand which really in the scheme of things and given our history and the amount of time we do spend together as a team is not much at all so I was really really like I was unsure how it would go given the small amount of time so that was special um the point score because I don't know I've always wanted to race that point score and it's a really different race to how any world championship point scores race you've got teammates Mm. um yeah, so it's just it's really, really dynamic and you've got to really kind of think fast on your feet and really be switched on. So that was special. Um, and then with the road race, like that's just such a huge team effort and, um, you know, we'd spent a lot of months together planning and, you know, so to pull that off for the team and on, bon- and on behalf of the girls, I think um, that probably is, uh, is the top and um, is icing on the cake for me because that was just, that was really special.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, with the with the Team's Pursuit, when you've got two new members to the setup or you've got um, well, most of the team's new, what is it like, like what are some of the things you have to consider when, uh, I guess, the Team's Pursuit lineup is changing When new members are coming on? So, like, how does it change how you guys are riding? Like, are you getting used to, like, obviously you've got to get in sync with the changes. Like, is that hard? Does mm. that take most, most time to, to get in sync?
0: Um, Yeah, it's more just like getting used to how um, each rider rides the truck a little bit differently as well. So, you know, some riders like to pedal the straights a little bit more than the bends and vice versa. Um, So when you're sitting on a new wheel and obviously you're sitting so close to each other, it's really important to know how a person or how a rider builds and how your teammate will build. And if they're going to be hurting, like where where they will be hurting and where they might back into you a little bit. So it's just like really getting to know like the other riders. Um, Mm. So that was something that, yeah, we hadn't really, like we hadn't had the opportunity to do before, but I think we were very, very fortunate that the girls are so, so skilled that we're with and there was not really any issues. Like I had one training session on the track um, by myself and I sat off the back of the team's pursuit efforts. And then the next day, Glenn, our coach was like, okay, you can go in now. You can go into the effort and, there, yeah, there was no stress, no issues, whereas probably previously I would have been a little bit nervous, but I was just really chilled about it and I had known the girls a lot. Like, they'd all been around Adelaide before. Uh, the only one I hadn't was Alyssa, and um, but, yeah, she's, she's super skilled as well. So it was, yeah, it was actually really easy and, and really fun as well.
1: Mm, yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. So with, with all your medals, um, well, actually, before we get to that, did you guys go out and celebrate and where'd you go?
0: Oh, we weren't really allowed to celebrate. Um, like, was this after the road race?
1: Well, for or after the track, I guess, I guess after the road race, you're not going to go out and, you know, in between the, <laughs> not for No, the no, not in
0: between. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, well, we couldn't really celebrate in London, to be honest. Um, and But I know that the girls, cause the next day I was going to Birmingham and then, um, but I know some of the girls went out, um, and yeah, enjoyed themselves, which was good. And then after it was, it was really hard actually to, um, you know, go out. We, we, we went to a pub, which was only like a couple of a me- couple of hundred meters away from the village, mm-hmm. um, and had a couple of drinks, but I was stressing because I had a sunrise live cross. black. Like, <laughs> 10 45 p.m. And so I was and I was like, oh I've already had two GTs so I don't know how many more I can have before getting like ridiculous. And I needed like I it was my first live cross like anywhere, oh, yeah. especially on sunrise. And yeah, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. So I had a couple just to like calm my nerves. And then mm. yeah, I had to walk back over at like 10 o'clock and get ready for the live cross. And then by that time, like it'd been a really long time and I was just so tired and so exhausted from the day. I just went to bed and I kind of regret that now. But, um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it still was good.
1: Yeah, okay. And do you yeah. think you've got a place at home for your medals? What are you going to do with them?
0: Um. Well, yeah, at the moment, we're, they're in Girona. Um, we're in our house in Girona. And mm. we have, like, our spare room. We've kind of said, like, we should put, you know everything that we win or achieve or medals or trophies or whatever in the spare room like on display I think like future in like the past I have probably won things and you kind of just throw it into the back of your closet or you like don't put it (laughs) like there's some things that you hang like sometimes like obviously a national jersey and things Mm -hmm. like that that you like hang up and or yeah in your wardrobe but it's like yeah, this with this year. We thought no, like it's a new challenge going onto the road. And if we have like success, I think it's worth celebrating, and we should just like have mm. it on display a little bit. Mm. So like Alex Manley, who I also live with, like she won um Tourigan, and so we have like a big beer glass hanging up, like it's a big shoe beer glass. So that's oh, on display cool. there as yeah. a reminder of that. And then like yeah, um, heaps of other little things as well. So mm. that's good.
1: That, that is cool. That room must be getting pretty yeah. full. I wonder yeah, yeah we're just well, we didn't think it would <laughs> make some contributions to that thing, I reckon. Yeah, well, he does have,
0: I was just thinking of it. I'm like, he does have some contributions there for sure. And I'm just like, I feel really bad. This a girlfriend for not knowing what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, no, it's when he got third in a, um, in Norway. Yes. I That's think. pretty good. Yeah. Well, is it a trophy? What sure. is it? Um, Yeah, it's like a little trophy. But, and no, and then there's another bigger one, which is so heavy. So he's got two. Um, Mm. So he's definitely got his fair share. He was like one of the first, the first out of all of us in the house to get on the podium in a world tour race. And then we have this bet now, which it's up to Alex Vanley now because she just won her first world tour race Mm -hmm. just recently, Mm -hmm. uh, the Scandinavia tour. And so now we get to go like, we said like this was the last year, like over a year ago, that if we if one of us in the house wins, we get to go to like this really nice restaurant in Girona and it's like a Michelin nice. star. Oh yeah. But there's like a 12 there's like a 12 month waiting list and we can't even book it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... wow, 12 months. What? I know you we said it because we thought you. I know. And we thought, like, you know, maybe it would be hard to win a race like a first year, you know. Mm. And now Alex has gone and done it, and we're like, well, Alex. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go,
1: go. Yeah, cool. What's the <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the restaurant called?
0: I know it's um, it's really bad that I am not remembering the name. It's the that's that kind of Luke's start. job. Okay. It's a, yeah. um, it's a little bit out of Girona. Um, yeah. It's as got the, guy, the star. The Rocco brothers. The Roc- yeah. It's got the star. That's all that matters. Okay. So, it's got I the star.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Well, that's
1: that's pretty cool. So you guys you guys are gonna get booking or set. I don't know. Maybe if you, I mean, you start winning all of them, that booking, you know, the 12 month, doesn't matter. I'm sure you just walk in there and and flash okay. your, uh, you know, just drop it in there. I'm sure that's what everyone else does. But hey, oh, how about this? Yeah. You, you mentioned it before. You said you weren't sure, well, or you just weren't sure if you are going to maybe, you know, step into world tour wins um, on the men's and the women's straight away. And um, I wanted to ask, your first, well, you, at least, in the world tour season or the women's season, um, which is less defined maybe with the races than the men's. You know, okay, you've got the pro tour, the 1.1s and that sort of stuff. Like the women's races, I feel Mm -hmm. like the prestige is kind of more level across all the races for now. Yeah. Um, So when you first started in Valencia, that was your first Euro race, Mm -hmm. straight away you were up there. I think you got a top five maybe one of the stages. And yeah something like that it was one of the races that balsamo won it must have been really cool to go into your first europe race with you know people like the world champion and stuff in there and then be at the front straight away like were you expecting that or like what were you expecting
0: um yeah i wasn't yeah i wasn't really sure what we were expecting i think we had confidence within that team as well and like our team was um coming off our australian summer so we had a really good build-up and really good prep and like some success also in Australia. So there mm. was expectation just from our team, from Bike Exchange, that um, we would be going in there in some good form and that we could definitely um, perform well. But mm. I think, yeah, we weren't, um, I suppose it was a, a bit surprising and it was, it was really good that we could, you know, carry that momentum and everything for what we had from Australia onto the European scene. And mm. I remember like finishing one of the races and I think Ruby might have got a uh, second in the, like, yeah. the first stage, maybe second. Yeah. And I'm um, like, and we, I remember just that race so clearly because I did this big turn at the bottom of the climb and, and then it was like up to the climbers. Um, <laughs> and then it was like a five K flat after that. And I remember hearing like Ruby got second and I was just so pumped. I was like, damn, this is so cool. Like first race, Rubes has got second. And yeah, it just was a lot of um, like that gave me and I think the rest of the team as well, like heaps of motivation that like, yeah, like we can actually, when we all work together like that, we can Mm -hmm, have some mm -hmm. really good results and some good success. And I think that's just like progressed throughout the season for the team, especially. So that was good.
1: Yeah, it's so sick. I think it was... I remember watching that that it was the first stage, I think, and it was um,
0: maybe yeah
1: Conconi or uh, Balsamo's lead out was like put a huge turn in, and Ruby was in the wheel there. And I remember tuning in the last couple of K's. I was like, whoa, Ruby's there in the final, like first race, and, yeah. and like crazy." And then of course, you know, you're part of the whole team, you've done your job, and then you see Ruby who you've been racing against, beating, going one two against, and you know, up there, that must have been amazing. She's like, whoa, Yeah, we can do it Mm. because the Australian summer. yeah, everyone's popping off. It's great. But then it's like, I guess in your first year, it's like, well, I guess you're unsure how it's going to translate until you're there. So, um, oh, so cool. And then some of the other results, it was a great start. On loop, 25th, door's door, 26th um, in those front couple of groups. And then fourth, skelter price, really cool. But um, I wanted to know, uh, what result just on the road are you most proud of? Not including Com Games Gold. What result? Or ride? Right. It doesn't necessarily have um, to be like, you know, uh, a big one, but saying they meant the most to you.
0: Um, In one of the races, I'm really bad at pronouncing all these races. I really need to get better at it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Doors van Vladen. Yeah. It was the one, it's like the baby Flanders it's before mm-hmm. then. Um, That race, yeah, that race, it was just like one of the ones that I'm most proud of. I made myself more like, um, I was just more active at the front and put myself like as the team wanted. We wanted to be on the front foot for this particular race. And um, if, if breaks were going, we wanted to be represented in them. And there was just one particular break and I just like jumped across to it and was always in the break. For most of the day um so it was a really hard day but i had i had good legs but i just felt like it was my first race um in the european scene that i was like super present in yeah, and yeah. i felt really really a part of the race and i think that afterwards even though i'm not sure i think we sprinted for ruby at the end of that day i had nothing left and uh, i'm not sure our final result but I just remember the team was happy with it because we were there and we were like, you know, really, really active and part of the race as well. And yeah, I think that gave me a lot of confidence knowing that I can do that. And that's why we race our bikes is to get that feeling and to get, be like, oh yeah, I'm part of this. I can change the way the race is panning out or um, try and help my teammates as well. So yeah, that was my, probably my favorite one of the season. One Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah
1: yeah that's uh well that's the one i had penciled down anyway that one and, and i'll move oh really
0: you have yeah same?
1: yeah yeah that's <laughs> exactly what i had. because those races are hard you can't fake it. it's like a not a fake but you can't like you know a, a, an easier stage you can position yourself well or just have a really good yeah. you know sprint and you can be there but you can't you know those results don't happen um you know by mistake and everybody knows that feeling even just in amateur races that or club races that when you're in the race it's a great feeling um so yeah it's really yeah cool. It's cool.
0: and i felt like i hadn't had that yet in the european like i'd been in the races always there but never like mm. felt like i was in full control of like um you know i was going with moves but maybe just like hanging on for dear life or like um but i felt like i was definitely in control and able to be there in the finish if the break stayed away and be mm. competitive um not just be a number i'll be representing so that mm. no, was good
1: that's great so this is something i didn't know about was um i didn't know that you had the um the tachycardia is that how you say it the yeah the heart condition so that was what 2017 you had to have surgery for it can you tell us more about that because yeah. i did not know that
0: yeah um so i had it is a very long name so it's i just usually abbreviate it as svt okay. so and it it is, it is quite common, actually, with a lot of people, but they just might not know about it. Um, and it's just where your heart um, is kind of out of rhythm and is the best way that I can explain it. And I feel mm-hmm. like I will be, just for example, walking along and my heart rate will elevate. Um, and it might only be for like a few seconds, but it will elevate that much to like 170 beats. Just for me, just doing nothing. And I'll just be sitting here and I'll just go, really really quick and then just stop and I'll be like oh that's weird anyway carry on with your day um and you might I'm like some people might only get it like once every month um and it's not apparently it's not that much of an issue if it's only like once every month but I started getting this um well noticeably getting it and actually feeling it um every day and I was just like, you know, riding and I was happy when I was riding my bike. So I had actually signed a pro contract, um, my first one with Orica, Mm. Scott at the time. And so I just moved to Gavarate in Italy. And um, yeah, I was there and I was doing one of my first races, which was the Tour of Britain. And I was in stage one and I was just in the neutral. like, And I knew it was my first really big race. I was a bit nervous, but I didn't think my heart rate would be like, that elevated you know like i'm riding in the neutral and i look down and it's like 170 Ah. and i'm like whoa like this is not normal and um anyway i'd carry on a bit because if i stop i didn't want to tell anyone because like well maybe i'm just really nervous you know like Mm -hmm. yeah i'll just keep going Um, and then i remember saying to gracie elvin my teammate at the time i was like look i'm really not feeling that great Um, And she's like well, you need to tell the ds you need to say something And so I did in the end, but it took me a long time. Like the race started because I knew as soon as I, I knew that this was a situation like that. No one, everyone takes anything with your heart very, very seriously. And as soon as I said something like this, I would be out of the race. Like I knew that. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to finish and it's stage one and it's a long tour. And then like our team is down one rider. Mm. And so it did take me a long time to like think like, geez, like should I do this? Should I not? Um, and then yeah there was one moment where I went up a little hill and I was like oh my god like honestly felt like I was having a heart attack and I was like no nah, like I have to stop now like this is ridiculous and then I stopped and um the ambulance was there I went to the hospital like it wasn't anything too serious at, at the time I was just yeah. more scared because I didn't know what had happened and I'd also just like the year before uh well, yeah two years before I would lost my dad to a heart attack um and so that I think that was the more emotional thing, was like yeah. that feeling. And uh, it made me bring up all those emotions. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I went to the hospital um, in the UK and they were great and did heaps of testing. They thought I had um, pericarditis at the start and just just swelling of the heart. Mm. But then I did some more tests, went back to the ETC, um, which is our European training centre in Gavarate. Mm. And we're, we're really lucky to have some Australian doctors there Um, and yeah, we just did a lot of tests given my history with my dad and things like that. And uh, they thought it'd be best just to go back to Australia and get those things sorted and went to the Baker Institute, um, with Maria Brosnan and Yeah. yeah. And she did some more testing, like heaps and heaps of testing and yeah, found out that I had SVT and that I needed to have an ablation. Um, and so the ablation is where they, yeah just go into your heart and just burn a little section of it um and it's kind of just stops the pathway because your electrical circuit of the heart is making a a shorter circuit so that's why it's firing rapidly Mm. um so they're just burning out a section of it to stop it to have a normal pathway and yes they did that and found out that it's actually hereditary so uh, my sister also had it so a couple like a year after my sister plays net, was playing netball and you know she was having these same feelings and I was always like mate Phoebe you need to eat more maybe like have some more sugar like she'd always yeah. look really pale when she was playing and <laughs> I was like you maybe just need to feel better um, and now I feel really bad saying that <laughs> she's actually couldn't well. she couldn't have done anything about it <laughs> but we're all like all like giving her these nutrition like, yeah, yeah, yeah. strategies like have a banana an hour before dinner yeah, you know quarter yeah. time have a handful of lollies. And really, it's like she had the same thing as me, and then yeah, she also has had an ablation. Um, wow. So yeah, it, really? it's all good now and all sorted. Um, but you can get it back, but the chances of it happening are, are pretty small. So. Same. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Was it? It's just an interesting story. And um, was it? Yeah. Was it like a um? Did they do like a like a keyhole surgery, or is it like a full like cut you open style?
0: Yeah. Well, that was one thing that no one had actually informed me about. I was in the surgery and I, well, they, they told me, like I thought I'd just be knocked out and I would just wake up and like, yeah. yeah. um, but really like, yeah, so I did get, get put to sleep, but then I got woken back up in, in the surgery and um, why? they, well, yeah, that was what I wanted to.
1: <laughs> why am I awake?
0: I was like, why, why? Am I... And um, yeah. So apparently, they give you uh, this medication that will like onset um the SVT. So they uh-huh. need to know exactly which part of the heart to burn. So they just can't mm. go around burning little bits of your heart. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Looks like it. Yeah.
0: Because that could end pretty bad. And apparently, when you're completely um, under anaesthetic, that it those, that medication doesn't work. So yeah. you have to be awake, and then they have to give you this medication, um, and then they will find the part of your heart that they need to to burn, yeah. and you are awake while that actually happens. So it is a little bit painful as well. Oh, and geez. then they yeah do some tests and find that they've actually yeah got the spot. Um, but it can be really tricky to find. Um, they made me before mine because mine was actually more exercise induced. So before nice. my surgery, I went out for like a hard bike ride um, because that <laughs> I would always find after a hard, yeah, like I, yeah, the morning of the surgery, like I couldn't eat or anything, but I'm just like out on the road, like yeah, uh, I need to get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, so they wanted me to do that just just so they could guarantee finding the spot because Uh it's actually really hard and you don't want to go through that whole procedure Mm. and to end up not finding it. So I went out for a bike ride and I would always find that after a session, like a hard session, um, particularly in that night, I would have it. I would have um, SVT more and get the the fluctuation of my heart rate. And um, yeah, so when I went in and they were able to see it. So that was really good. And Mm. um, it only took uh, probably an hour. It was a very short operation in the end um and yeah it was it was pretty pretty straightforward only a week recovery a mm. week off the the bike and yeah i was able to get back into it and like straight back into it not really any easing in. like it was once it's Amazing. gone it's gone so yeah
1: Amazing. well that's awesome that's a wicked uh yeah, yeah great to hear that it's all good and um it just makes where you are now even more impressive georgia it's quite is uh crazy
0: yeah well i do feel the difference now like i i was like well a lot of people have asked well did you feel anything when you were before like and i was like yeah i can actually breathe a lot better and wow. i just thought it was just me like i honestly just thought that was just normal yeah. um until it got really really bad and i was getting it every day so yeah yeah i am i'm probably a better cyclist and athlete for it now too
1: hey guys I hope you're enjoying the episode with georgia baker so far don't forget to leave a review or uh, do the star rating on Spotify or Google, whatever happens on Google. Not sure, but uh, do that if you like it. And share it with a mate if you uh, yeah you think they'll enjoy this episode or maybe another one in the catalogue. Speaking of enjoyment, the official apparel partner of the podcast, The Pressroom Room Body, is, of course, Attacker. You can get uh, 15% off all Attacker apparel using the code CR-THEPRESSROOM. All Capitals, um, they've got their decade, I think they've been around for 10 years, as of today. So they've just dropped a kit. So you can go to their website and check out their special anniversary kit celebrating 10 years of Attacker Cycling and some of their wild kits. Uh, check out their Instagram, you can see some of the um, kits from the archives that they used to create. Really, really cool stuff and uh, not afraid to try some bold designs. But anyway, legends, time to get back to the episode. Another sort of half an hour to go on this ripping pod, including who is faster in a sprint between Georgia Baker and Plappy. We'll see. I mean, you've had a f three quarters of a year to um, you know, race lots of different uh terrain, parkours and that sort of stuff. But what sort of type of race do you feel like uh you excel at most?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I am um... I feel like this year was more like the, the discovery of like what I am going to be really good at um, mm. in the pro peloton. And, you know, like even this year I'm starting, I've got back into time trialing, which was something that I really missed doing, but mm. it was always really hard to do with the track. Um, and I, yeah, I hadn't time trialed since I was a junior. Um, so that was something that I really, really enjoyed this year. And so I think for me, it's more like, I do like a classic style race. I like that it's, I like the cobbles um, yeah. and I like how hard and intense it is. And I think the undulations throughout the race and just the aggressiveness do help me, but not too much, not anything. Yeah. Like I don't like any huge climbs, uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit picky, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, any, yeah, just something that is also like a hard race um, and probably like a, a smaller bunch finish mm. um, and yeah, like the cobble classics I really enjoyed this year. Like they were really, really hard and I learned so much. And it was kind of like one of those race races where I would finish and just be like, Oh damn, like I want to go do that again, but like not tomorrow, just like in a yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it was just like one of those things that I felt like I learned a lot um, when I was racing this year. Mm. Uh, not necessarily i found out that i am someone that does learn more when like i'm in the situation and um you know just even when it coming down to bunch sprints i feel like i've learned a lot and it is very different and to anything that i had experienced in australia so yeah it was definitely a full year of learning for me but that was probably the the course that i would say would suit me the most um Mm. obviously a very flat course like com games is we do have we did still have some undulations there and it was some narrow roads, so it did make it like quite interesting for some attacks and some good spots to go. Um but I think a course like that where it's also raced hard it does mm. suit me as well. Mm.
1: Okay. What do H- you H- think? Well, uh oh geez, put me on the spot. Um yeah, well yeah. let's <laughs> have a similar any sort of parkour similar that um Elas Balsamo sort of excels at, but maybe a little bit harder, you know, maybe the ones where she starts to get ejected from, um, but just mm. maybe a race or a parkour where if you were looking at Eliza Balsamo, just for example, you might think, "Well, oh, I'm not sure if she'll make that. Um, that mm. is probably the course that I think would be in your wheelhouse. But I don't know, you seem like a very versatile rider. Obviously, you've got um pretty good engine, um, as you've seen with some of your TT results, like, you know, the ones that you've done. Pretty good. Mm. Um, right. Yeah, but have you have you done Strada Bianchi before?
0: No, I haven't. Mm. No, so I mean, yeah, I would like to do like... that. I would really like to put that on the calendar, mm. um, and it's meant to be very very hard. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We haven't got any information about next year yet or anything like that. But yeah. I'm keen to try some new races and also like redo some as well. And obviously, you, I think you learn and you'll be only become better with more recon of the courses that you can do particularly with the classics like I definitely learned that it's huge um, when you really know the course and you know the roads in just particular areas you know like if there's one road and you're coming up to a climb where you, it's vital that you're at the front um you know I've got a, a teammate Nina Kesler. like she's been riding for a really long time and is super experienced and talented but she just knows like the spots on the road just to move up and it might be just one little deviation in the road that it'll it'll jut out a meter, and she's like, "Yep, yeah, this particular spot, it'll just move up," and then everyone she's in, in tenth wheel. So it's just like knowing the courses as well. I think is is really important.
1: One hundred percent for sure. So is it um does it get really physical in some of the um, races? Like say for example, those sort of key moments where everybody sort of knows, or at least the the, the top girls know, um, we're all going to get there. Like it must get pretty physical at times.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some argy bargy in the bunch. Um, I think that's like it with anything, though. That you know that you, you do have, in some ways, in some of the bigger races, there's there's the respect of um, that you move up as a team and you try and be present out of front as a team because it's you you don't really try and fight anyone if you're on a teammate's wheel. You know that's just hmm. like respect in the bunch. It's hmm. a lot more harder when you're at the levels like a little bit below. Um, world tour where everyone's just trying to be there there's not really any uh formation or anything mm. about it and that's when obviously it gets really really yeah argy-bargy and elbows are out and <laughs> yeah um yeah but it's just about trying to that was one thing that I definitely was so surprised with this year I was like wow like I thought I can definitely take a push or a shove and can hold my own a little bit um But then when you see some girls, tear, they're just like, wow, they just have so fearless, Um, especially when it comes into the classics. I'm just like, oh, my God, I could not (laughs) do that. Like (laughs) some of the things like jumping from like a footpath on back into the road. I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be a crash for sure. And they just (laughs) commit and (laughs) all or nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's yeah, definitely uh, be cool. eye
0: opening, that's for sure.
1: I, I actually noticed that uh, for the first time on some of the coverage this year, actually at the Tour de France, with some of the stages, um, Tour de France Femmes, where they were going through some of the towns. And I mean, there probably wasn't the infrastructure put in for the women's and there wasn't the men's. Um, at least if you could compare them okay. with the amount of bales, um, the amount of, um, sort of people with the markers. Because some of the towns are going through, there was curbs sticking out, like the bike path curbs, and then the road. And I was like, and then, you know, those big, um you know, it goes from wide to narrow and yeah. it looks super technical. But just watching the peloton move through it, you're like, you, it gave a real sense of how skilled like all your girls are at, um, at the bike handling, because mm. we're going through these sections. And I'm sitting in my chair going, oh, my God, this looks, you know, this is going to be hectic. And, yeah, it's incredible. So it's um
0: yeah Yeah, especially with something like the tour would have been like completely next level because everyone just you know the first women's tour and wants to everyone wants to win a stage and that would have been yeah insane i reckon Mm. just like a level above anything that we had really raced in this year
1: Mm. okay um okay that's oh okay um whether uh, you're attending or not, but I just wanted to know, what did you think about, what do you think about the World Championships road course?
0: Um, yeah, it's a solid one. <laughs> <It's definitely, laughs> yeah. um, it would definitely suit um, some Australians though. So it definitely, it's a good course, I think. Um, it doesn't suit me, but I think that it's, it's, it's quite technical Um, you have that first long eight kilometer climb, which Mm. is interesting. And it's a hard one of like how they'll race it up there. Um, because it is such a far way, like a long way out from the finish. And then you hit the the city circuits and they are really hard and really solid. I haven't been to Wollongong myself and looked at it, but, um, I know Spratty has and and Grace Brown and they said like the climbs are really hard and really solid. So I think it'll be good. Um, it will be really interesting racing that's for sure um and yeah the time trial courses look really technical yeah um, which i don't mind um mm. like i don't i don't really mind because i don't mind the corners that also, good if you yeah. got
1: acceleration as well because it's like
0: 30 odd so. corners
1: or something so that's decelerating yeah. accelerating um, your bike
0: mm-hmm. i think it's more about like how if you're a punchier rider i reckon it will suit you well um but then yeah. it's also really hard to tell because like we have some footage of the Wollongong course, like the TT course, and it's hard to know exactly because the cor- because the centre is so busy and the roads are never closed. Like it's really hard to recon the course right now. Um, so there's some corners that look that they're going to be like a 90-degree turn. Like you're going to definitely have to jump on the brakes. But it's like four lanes wide. Mm. So you don't know if they're going to like – completely shut
1: oh yeah depends yes. on what they do
0: with the road closures because yes. if it's a four lane wide road then yeah you don't have to like you could probably get around that in your bloody in your bath like i i don't know yeah <laughs> but yeah. um that's a good point yeah i, Where they I
1: feel like it changes times? a little mm.
0: bit mm. yeah it depends on what they're going to do with like the road closures and how tight they want to make it because there is some some wider roads there but yeah the road course Sorry, I got off topic there, but yeah, the road course definitely will be be a good one. Be really yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the TT course as well because that's you know, as a viewer standpoint, with all the corners and stuff, it's great to you'll be able, people will be able to go from one side of the course to the other, and you know, five yeah. to ten minutes, and then see a different vantage point uh, of the riders. It's, yeah, yeah, super cool. I
0: think the whole setup will be really good for spectators. Um, mm-hmm. Some people I know that like. Like someone like Luke would prefer just to go like up and down the wall, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just tuck in and get error and put your head yeah, down. Same as
1: Rowan. Yeah, Rowan um, said the same thing.
0: Same as Rowan. Yeah, yeah he
1: wanted yeah. another fifty kilometres on top of the course length.
0: <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, he wanted. He was Longer. like thirty-seven because k. It's the same, joke. isn't it? This year. Yeah,
1: it yeah.
0: is. It's, isn't it? The men and women are the same. Mm-hmm. The distance. So yeah, that's yeah. Um. No, nah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I don't mind. So I'm still also learning with the TT stuff and, yeah, it is nice when you can just, like, tuck down and get into a really good rhythm as well. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm just going to get the questions up. Everyone was just chinging in Georgia. These are great. Um, yeah, no, but... I'm
0: nervous for these. I'm stressing.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's stitched out, hey. I was kind of, I was disappointed. I thought well, someone would...
0: I've had my family, my family, when I shared it on my story, were like sending me personally through these questions and like they were I'm like if you expose me no <laughs> <laughs> okay so luckily i'm hoping that my family haven't stitched me up so i'm glad that none of them have commented no
1: nah, no no personal inquiries either okay um or oh, how about this what's your least favorite chore
0: least favorite chore
1: yeah like chore you know like okay
0: no i don't i like vacuuming mm. um my least favorite one would have to be taking the bins down down oh yeah so in our house in Girona there's like we're on the top floor or on level 2 and we have to like take the bins from like our apartment down the bottom like so you got to put them in the lift or take them down the stairs mm. into the bins so it's like Probably yeah, it's just a bit of a process.
1: After a big day, of one the bike of the quickest too.
0: jobs at the house. So, but I just yeah, you are just like oh, the bin needs emptying, gotta go. <laughs> but also the bins, <laughs> the worst thing in Drona is that well no, it's really good. The bins come only they only get put out every day after eight pm, so you can't just go like if you if you're feeling super get up and you're feeling super motivated to like clean the whole house. You can't just go and put the bins down at, like, you know, 10 a.m. or something. You have to wait till 8 p.m. And then they put all the bins out. And each week and each day, it's a different bin. So it could be, like, plastics and general waste. And mm-hmm. then the following day is, like, general waste and, like, glass. So it's, like, a scheduled thing. So that's what's frustrating is, like, you uh, can't just do it all in the one trip. It's, like, yes. consistent daily kind of thing. That, so I think that's
1: that's sort right. of, That favours the... The people that usually forget about the bins and then realize them just before they go to sleep. Ah, oh, shit! I got to put the bins out, and it's nine o'clock. Yeah, so
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it favors yeah, it favors those that like yeah. In Australia, it's like just one day a week. Hey, uh, yeah, it's like just the yeah that you have to put the bins out, and if you forget that, you're screwed. Like yeah. it's, you're stuffed your year.
1: <laughs> We're getting more and more bins, Georgia. I mean, there's the colors are are appearing like the rainbow. Yeah, there's. There's we've got the yellow and the green, and then, uh, and then there's another one for just bushes as if everyone's just gardening all the just time. <laughs> yeah, and then I, you know, they're going to bring out yellow for I don't know, peels and rinds. It's getting out of control. There's too many bins out of
0: control. That's yeah. like in Spain, though. It's not a bad thing, it's not bad. Just I the like, Australian yeah. way would just have to change. Yeah, everyone that's in true. Australia just prefers the simple, like, recycling waste. But, yeah, in Europe, it's like everyone, there's like three or four different bins.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, now, that was one of mine. I just wanted to know. Uh, Okay. So, if you went to Cyclist, this is from HRK062 underscore. They left me a review last week and it was very nice because someone, I wasn't going to bring this up at any time during the podcast, but someone left me a review on Apple Podcast. I want to read it out because I think about it all the time. Grinds my keys. It's brutal, okay? George, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. They obviously didn't listen to an episode. Everyone can go look at this and feel sorry for me. So they said, this is horrible. I shouldn't even get it airtime. Here we go. One star. It kills me. Gave it a chance. Left disappointed. These guys, well, it's just me, try to deliver, but the special source is unfortunately missing. (laughs)
0: The special sauce.
1: The real MVDP. So if that actually was Matthew Vanderpol, I mean brutal. But anyway, <sighs> what would do... Oh but thanks for the review. I uh, can see this... how that
0: would hurt.
1: Yeah, that did hurt. That was in February, so stuff then. But anyway, HRK 062 underscore legend. You're still
0: hanging on to it since February.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's only (laughs) one review. Everyone else is great.
0: This
1: this legend asks, if you weren't a cyclist, Georgia, what career would you pursue?
0: Yeah, um, I think it would be something still within sport. Like I've always really enjoyed. Like I've always grown up playing sport. Um, Mm. I was a netballer as well. I did some triathlons.
1: Mm. What position Um, in the netball, though, George?
0: Oh, I changed so with our state team I used to play like our goal defense and then Ooh. with our and um, with our um my club team I would be goal attack so I'd just go from being a defender to a shooter oh, um, cool yeah but mainly I would I was a defender like okay. that was my main position mm-hmm. but I think probably something like that I really loved netball and there was a point in my career where I had to choose between cycling or netball um and when I got into cycling through school and through the talent ID program. I kept playing netball for a couple of years after that and tried to juggle both. And then my coach at the time was like, you really need to choose like it was, you know, it was getting to the point where I was like riding to netball training, doing the netball training, and riding yeah. home at like seven o'clock at night and in winter and it's dark with like my lights on <laughs> and it was just getting a little bit too much. Yeah, like and blue at the same time. Yeah. It was just probably getting a bit too much. And I, it was really hard for me to choose because they are very different sports and one Isn't of them it? is probably more team-orientated than the other. Mm-hmm. Um mean, they're different just naturally how they work. And um, But, yeah, probably something down that. I would, would have probably pursued um, my netball career a little bit more. Mm. And I studied sports science for a semester or a year. Nice. Um, exercise science after school, but then, yeah, deferred that that was a very long time ago now, so I can't really say it's deferred now. <laughs> <laughs> but what you learn um, as a pro
1: cyclist in terms of sports cycling, uh, sports science, is a lot. There's a big transfer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I was traveling a lot overseas. I'm not someone that's great at doing, um, a lot of things at once. I'm very much a person that likes to like focus on one thing and then like Mm. put all my energy into that and I find Mm. when I spread myself too thin I just become really mediocre at everything and it's just like yeah not great. So yeah, focused on my cycling and I probably would have done something in that area. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah I really enjoy um growing up I always wanted to open my own open my own little cafe and um bakery Uh as well. Like I really like baking. So um, maybe something down that pathway. But yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, the last name is very good for a bakery.
0: I know. I that's perfect. That.
1: You don't even have to have a name. i can't not. Just... <laughs> that's actually just pretty bacon. good. Yeah. Well, Georgia Baker, just put it on the thing. On the...
0: Yeah. Just...
1: You can register the I name. Yeah, copyrighted right
0: now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that's good. Very. <laughs> Very good. And that's shout out to there's a young girl called Mackenzie Kopelin. Now she's from yeah. WA and she is part of the um she's in the she made the under 19 Australian team. So she went to Europe, even won a race over there as well in her first thing, but she also had to choose between netball and cycling. And um thank God she chose cycling. So on your yeah. Mackenzie. So the path is there. Uh okay. Matthew, oh this guy's legend too. Uh Matthew B he asked what's your favorite training loop let's say when you're in Australia
0: yeah um favorite training loop probably definitely in Tassie um so there's always the iconic Tassie loop which is like the fish shop loop I feel like that every Tasmanian does at least once a week um, if you're a cyclist so it's just down the Tamar uh from Launceston down it's a 45k loop just like out and back but it's along the 10 It's really pretty actually it's like along the river there mm. um and most most bunch rides you just kind of tap out with the group there's lots of different bunch rides that go at different levels and um yeah you tap out and then usually you like kind of open it up on the way back and you go up um like muddy creek climb and that's at the top of muddy creek like things start to ramp up up muddy creek and then you swap off all the way back into town and into the coffee shop and I don't know, I just, like that it's a very, um, like a very, I suppose, just an out and back loop and everyone does it a lot. But I think the reason why I like it so much is because like, it is a really good bunch ride and it's a lot of fun and I get to always, like I'm not home very often so when I go on these bunch rides, like I get to catch up with a lot of people that I used to train with when I was a mm-hmm. junior and yeah. um, so I think that's why I love it so much. But apart from that, my other Like I, I live in Perth, like I said before, and it's more like to the North coast, the Northwest. And, um, I think that I would probably like the, my favorite road would be Patina road, um, which is just like this. It's just, a really pretty road. And it just is like kind of country, country fields. And I do like a long loop out that way and kind of go out, um, yeah, it's Longford and Hadspin, and this is, like, a really, really long loop. You hardly see any any cars. Um, nice. It's pretty flat, but it's just super quiet and, and nice if you've just got, like, easy base. So that would be be high up there. It's one of my favourites.
1: Mm, okay. And, uh, I mean, we've seen this one on here already, but, Georgia, who is winning of you and Clappy in the sprint? I think you've got it covered.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't want to toot my own trumpet. but I do but I have to say facts are facts and we have proven this (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna hate this no um we like went for a ride once you probably no to be honest Luke's getting a lot snappier and because he'll tell me that he, his watts that he'll do like if he does some sprints on the road he'll be like I just hit this with so many watts and I know that he's getting better so I'm like I don't know we haven't tested it for a little while so maybe we do need to have a bit of a a competition but I know for one ride in particular we had this like it was meant to be a recovery ride the road. <laughs> and yeah we're riding and it was like Alex um, Luke and I and we decided to do these sprints like I think Alex and I said like who can beat who, and um, and yeah, we just sprinted to every like speed sign and ended up being like really hard. And I, I got him in most of them, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I also cool. sprinted him once, and mm-hmm. we were doing recon of Banh Yong. And then saying that Luke had a really hard ride that day. And so we both had hard rides and we did like a full lead in, like it was going to be like the national road race. <laughs> oh, cool. So we like met up and did like, went through like <laughs> the uni part and came down in like the last two ga- two K's like cat mousing. Yeah. And this was like, we were, this day was like when we had all the juniors and their families were coming out and we were just we were there to help out and uh, take the juniors for a few laps nice. um, of the circuit. So all the families are like on the side of the road. It's the last lap, and oh, like but Luke and I, are like let's just have a full sprint off. And yeah, it was it was pretty funny actually, and it was really close. But I just got in, <laughs> and he could He honestly thought he had me covered that day, like he because he knew I also had a hard session, and he thought that he would be he would have me covered. And so then he was like, "Oh, shit, yeah, actually, maybe you are a little bit faster than me."
1: Feisty mate, you heard it. You heard it so. I don't know. I don't know. The truth. If if
0: that's the only thing I have up on him, like, God, he has a lot of other things up on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Georgia, thank you for coming on the podcast. We wanted to have you on for so long, but I knew you would have a very good Commonwealth Games. I thought let's just wait after Commonwealth Games and um, it's very nice to talk to you.
0: No, thanks so much. I've actually been, yeah, wanting to come on here myself. So, no, thank you. That's no worries. Thank you.
1: That's another episode of the Press Room podcast, done and dusted. Big thank you to Georgia for coming on the podcast. It was a lot of fun, and I uh, hope everybody uh, learned a bit more about George. And um, and I think with her ability, she's only just discovering her, um, I guess, her ability on the road, and of course the track. But I think with the road, there's a lot more development to come. So you know, along with Ruby and, and Alex Manley, that bike exchange setup is. They're going to be a real force to come, and and their teamwork is um, going to be a real asset to all of their individual abilities, I think. So um, we're going to see a lot of George, a lot of Alex, a lot of Ruby in the next few years. But uh, yeah, Legends, thanks for the uh, sponsor of the podcast. Can't do it without you. Um, Swift, Attacker, Smith Optics, it's so good to have them on board. And of course, thanks to you guys for listening each and every week. Um, We're getting closer to the worlds. In fact, it's a month today can't wait Booked my flights yesterday we've got everything sorted get to do some really cool stuff during the week and uh send me a message if you're going because um, definitely a chance to link up maybe we could even do a group ride or something like that all right legends i'll see you next week for another episode of the prostrate podcast see you later